Hi everybody and welcome to Darwin CC's third podcast of the series. My name is Chris Law, Chair of Darwin CC and today we welcome two massive personalities, lifers, grafters and even though the word legend is overused I can definitely say these two are legends of Darwin CC for what they have both achieved, contributed and developed in our wonderful club both on and off the field over the years. Both have gone through the system and the ranks at Darwin from age 11 all the way through to winning titles and cups at senior level. Scoring thousands of runs, they've chucked a few moon balls and medium pace down as well. They've captained teams, they've took junior teams, they've led committees and both have been instrumental in the club as former chair and also director of cricket. I'm really looking forward to talking to them today to relive their golden memories, listen to them name drop a few players they've played against and with but also to find out what makes the golden times at Darwin so golden, so we can make sure they keep happening. There will also be time to go over a few tales, a few funny stories, and there's been loads over the years. So get yourself a drink or two, sit down and listen to two legends of Darwin Cricket Club, Mr Graham B. Ainsley and Mr Gary Gasman, now known as Goro Jackson. Enjoy. Okay, it's my privilege and my honour to welcome two legends of Darwin Cricket Club to our podcast. Uh, I believe uh, the first person I'm going to introduce always took the first ball. That was Mr. Gary Gasman, now known as Goro Jackson. Hi, Gary. How are we doing? Hi, Chris. I'm fine, thank you. Very good. And he always took number two because I believe he didn't, never wanted to get out first ball of the innings. Mr. Graham B. Ainsley. Good evening, Chris. Good evening. Good evening, both I'm not, of I'm you. not so sure about legend, more legend, I would say. Yes, yeah, well, you've, you've often said that over the years. You've often said it. Right, so we're going to get straight into it. Um, we're going to have a, a chat about lockdown. How, how's lockdown doing get for you, Gary? Uh, it's going quite well, if I'm being honest. Uh, I know it's a nightmare scenario, but um, I, I moved in with Denise um, at the start of lockdown. I got furloughed on the, uh, on the 2nd of, of April. Uh, about time, about time. Uh, and and uh, she's, she's made sure there's not going to be a, a dull moment. She's, as soon as I got here, I found... Too much, too much information, Gary. Well, I got, I got two, <laughs> two Air Force sheets full of jobs to do. No wonder she wanted me to move in with it. So, Fantastic. So and now... Uh, uh, very well, to be honest, yeah. Good. Life all right at the Ainsley household? Yeah, life is really busy, Chris, to be honest, in the criminal justice system. I don't think I've ever worked as hard over the last six weeks and, and, and as long. Um, nobody coming into the courts, uh, everything being done digitally, just as we're doing this on, on Anchor. Uh, we, we, we've been dealing with Skype, uh, Microsoft Teams, uh, cloud video platform and beaming people in via BT Meet Me. It's been absolute chaotic. But yeah, yeah, a sad time for everybody in this lockdown, but... Uh, the criminal justice system continues. It's good uh, retirement's coming soon, so you can get cutting that grass and all the jobs <laughs> on the ground. You know, it's, it's not like you've done anything for the club over the years or anything. <laughs> exactly. No, looking for looking forward to that in the in the future. But uh, and it's typical, isn't it? Uh, the start of the cricket season, we've got absolute glorious weather, and we can't get out there. But uh, hopefully, hopefully things will improve over the months, and we might be able to get some cricket in later in the summer. Definitely. Right, Gary, first ball's coming down at you. Okay. Lockdown. Yep. Lock, lockdown three, Darwin Cricket Club players or members that you won't mind being in lockdown with and be careful. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be boring on this one. Uh, the, the, three, the three people that I, I, I miss here are my best mate, Bill. Uh, oh, bless. Yeah, that's nice. I'm welling up here. I'm welling up. <laughs> So I'd have to say my, my two sons, Nathan and Scott, uh, really missing the, the, the family time together. They've, we've, we've seen one another a couple of times, uh, but not, not very often and not for very long. So, so you know, it makes you appreciate the, uh, the, the value of family life. Who'd, uh, who'd bat first in back garden? Uh, well, I'd let them fight for it. Nathan and Scott would fight for it. Yeah, I'll, uh... They definitely would. They definitely would. What, what about you, Bill? Well, this you know we're in the first over of the game here, Chris, and I, I've got to play this with a straight bat as well. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's the three p- people 
closest to me. Linda uh, with Darius and Courtney missing the dog Buster as well. At least they haven't been coming round over the last few weeks, grounding the tea on a Sunday. Um, but yeah, you know, missing family time. Um, uh, and hopefully, you know, lockdown will disappear in the future and uh, we'll get more of a freedom back. Yeah. Is that you? Is that you sitting on the fence and protecting the next few weeks by any chance? <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So slightly more controversial. I'm probably, I can, we can second guess probably where you're going to go with this one. But two, two DCC players, members, ex-current, that you would hate to be in lockdown with. Gary. Well, I, I, <laughs> I was thinking long and hard. I, one or two players, I, I, you know, I, I may be able to put in there, but I, I'm not going to offend anybody from the playing side. Um, <laughs> Could be ex-players, Gary. Say, I've gone for Tay and Les. Tay and Les, right? Yeah. Go on. And the reason, the reason behind that is, with Les, I, I just can't understand a statement he comes out with. I'm being honest, so it'd be, it'd be a nightmare. <laughs> He won't put your telly on. <laughs> well, yeah, he'd be, yeah, he'd be right. He'd just be out all the time walking, probably. So, uh, and, and with and with T, well, by the time it all finished, we, we'd all be crap, wouldn't we? You know, because he, he tells us how rubbish we are most weeks. So, even yeah. even though we're doing well, he, he still finds a way of telling us we're rubbish. And um, I guess you don't like blue jumpers either. Well, I, I was, I was. Uh... <laughs> Thinking about Boston at Christmas presents, he'd definitely be a jumper. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, Bill. I think for me, Louis, there's, there's two extremes, to be honest. There's those that are quiet and those that are extreme. Uh, and, and I'll start with a quiet one, really. Uh, an expert team captain by the name of John Clark, who, who often comes on the ground at the moment to, to watch us. But he's the only first team captain uh, to say very, very few words. Uh, and when he comes on past the gate, uh, where I've been on a, on a number of Saturdays over the last couple of seasons, he struggles actually to say hiya to me. Uh, so I wouldn't want to be in a lockdown situation with him. Now, the other one is the extreme. Uh, and this is a difficult one because, like Gary has said, I don't want to offend anybody at all. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to say that I wouldn't want anybody to be with anybody that's opinionated. Uh, and I wouldn't like the chairman uh, doing the wrong thing because on occasions that has, a, that has often been said. Uh, so I will answer the question after you've done your first full year as chair and see whether you come up with similar names. I get hounded or I have previously got hounded by emails from people uh, and this, that, and the other around what should be happening at the club and this, that, and the other. But having said that, those individuals have been supporting us through thick and thin over the years. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't be right for me to be critical on social media. So, yeah, you're getting splinters, you two, sitting on the fence here. <laughs> right, Gary, post-lockdown, first thing you're looking forward to most down at Darn CC. Just just getting down, watching some some cricket and spending some time with friends over a few beers. Cheapest and weakest, by any chance? Well, it's got to be cheapest and weakest, yeah. 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 Hopefully the Very good. hours going on when, when Reese gets back behind the bar. <laughs> and you, Bill? I've even sneaked on, Louis, uh, on, on the last couple of weekends on the Sundays to try to do a bit of uh, work on the ground. And can I just say, you know, Steve Dougie's doing an absolute fantastic job for the club. Uh, you know, the, the, the square, the outfield looks absolutely immaculate. I know we've had one or two pictures on, on the WhatsApp group, the club WhatsApp group, and it looks superb. And I've been trying to do my bit round the round the perimeters. But I'm, I'm, I'm with Gary. You know, if we can get this glorious weather to continue, if we can get some cricket at the back end of the season. It will be great to get back amongst the people that we've grown up with over the years, have that bit of camaraderie, uh, have a beer or two. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one that you, you're going to buy is after that successful win uh, with, with Winston on the ground earlier well, this um, week. I'm hoping lockdown carries on for a bit so people forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to because because apparently you're buying you're buying the first beers, but yeah, just to get back 
just to get back on the ground. And it, 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 we take things for granted, don't we? Uh, you know that we 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 do things every summer. We do the same things, and uh, presently we're no longer available to us. But hopefully those those times will come back quickly. And obviously, you and Dougie have been working within social distancing requirements, haven't you? Because I know, been, I know Boris. Boris is a, a big lover of this podcast. So we've been, we've been following the ECB guidelines, Chris, where we've only had two on the ground at any one time, uh, and social distancing has, has has been a key part of that. Right, excellent to hear. Right, it's time to up the pace in your in both your innings, if that ever happened, especially for uh, Gary with his Sandico shin pads on. <laughs> But we're going to go through a, a quick fire round. All right, yep. you've got to, you've got to, you've got to come with the first thing that enters enters your minds, lads. Um, and let's just let's just see what you come up with. So we're going to start off with uh, with Bill. Uh, your first or your main sports hero, please. Keeping away from the theme of cricket, Alan Shearer. Shearer, right, Gary. Ian Botham. Your favourite sport other than cricket, Bill. Football. Gaddy. Football. Thought it would have been badminton, Bill. What's your, what's your pre-cricket meal? Chicken and beans. Shearer oh, style. Shearer style. Uh, Gaddy. Well, it used to be chicken sandwiches because uh, my mum used to put them up for me and the kids when... Uh... Milk roll. Milk roll. Milk roll. Milk roll. Now she's not around. It's either Weetabix or Cornflakes. Lovely. Uh, the gobbiest opposition player you've come across. Bill. I think we always had some real challenges with Chorley Cricket Club and we always had some really good banter with Roller Norwich. So, yeah, Roller Norwich, Chorley Cricket Club. Gary. John Farrer. John Farrer. <laughs> That's uh, a blast from the past. Bill. The late John Farrer. Your favourite Northern League ground? Always love going and playing on Blackpool, Chris. Oh, as a batter, by any chance? Uh, as a batter. Yes. Beautiful deck. Gary. Well, I've got two here. There's Netherfield for No, you won, Gary. The rules are rules. Come on. <laughs> I'm going first because I scored loads of under. Right, which one? I'll go coin first. <laughs> right, Bill, biggest ledger in uh, in your teams that you played. Biggest ledger, easy for me, this one. Graham Parkinson, yeah. former club captain and wicket keeper, took sledging to a completely different level. Uh, and, and when we lifted the uh, Northern League Championship in 1987. Good answer, that, in the quick fire round. Thank you. Gary? I, I, I probably agree with, with Graham Parkinson, although Andrew Mercer, he, he's up there with him. Yeah. Uh, Bill, best tease in the Lancashire League? Ooh, top for me at this moment in time. Right, Gary? I haven't had a lot of teas in Langshire League, to be honest, but what I have had, Todd and Rishton are probably as good as any. Right, you're not getting this quick fire, just one thing, are you, Gary? Anyway, never mind. <laughs> uh, Bill, best bat that you've ever used? Two words, Duncan Fernley. Yes. Gary? Newbury. Lovely work. Both produced by Simon Painter, of course. Um, uh, Bill, Benny Dorn or Magaluf? Magaluf. Magaluf. Gary. Well, Chris, I'm going to have to explain. I'd love to say Magaluf, but I had a brilliant <laughs> but it nearly killed me off. Bill. Bill, would you rather have a pint on the cricket club or a fine bottle of red at home with your lovely wife? Pints on the club. Oh. Oh. Gary. A pint of Peroni in Rome, all expenses paid, or the cheapest and weakest on Darwin CC? All expenses paid? <laughs> yes. Peroni, Rome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill, Wimpy or Burger King? One word, please. Burger King. <laughs> yes, Bill. No explanation for that one required. <laughs> Gary. I was flat, you were going to go the other way. Gary. <laughs> black briefs with a rolls in between your teeth in Blackpool or lemon and limers shorts? Lemon and limers every time. Fantastic. I keep Denise that one day I'll be wearing them and I'll be with her. Right. Just maybe a hint of where we're going with this podcast with some of those questions, especially towards the end, but we'll, we'll leave that there for now. 
Um, what we're going to talk about now is uh, the, mainly the cricket side of things and obviously the, the major successes uh, that you both had over the over the over your your, your playing careers. Uh, I'm going to start off with with Bill. Um, I think I've heard you, you say a few times that you've you've won a few titles in the different decades. You just want to talk us through that. Oh dear. Uh, yeah, we won the Northern League title in 1987. Um, was it three it was quite... three titles in three decades? Was it three titles? 1987. 1999, 2002, 2003. I didn't play that many games in 2003, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I did play probably, I don't know, third of the season. Yeah, so you've obviously had some massive, massive highlights of your, your playing career in those in those uh, four seasons especially. Gary, you were a part of both of the teams uh, in 2002 and 2003, from memory. Yeah. Uh, and also... When we, when we had a chat, I did play as well in the '87 and '99, but '87 not that much. '99 uh, only played half the season when I got replaced by yourself when you came back from college. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Oh, I dear. I didn't want to talk about that. <laughs> sorry, sorry, pal. Uh, just moving, moving swiftly on. Anyway, um, what's it been like playing with your lads over the years, Gary? Uh, it's, it's been brilliant. Um, when I when I finished playing first team and uh, dropped down to second team, it was a, it was a great time when the lads were coming through, uh, and it gave me a chance to not only keep playing but keep watching them at the same time. So it, it's it's been brilliant for me. Um, just to, to stay out in the middle, batting with them, uh, especially we put on some some partnerships. It was yeah, it's meant it's meant a great deal to me. And it must have been. Fantastic as a dad and coach when you were the the manager of the under 15s team that won the Lancashire Cup. That must have been fantastic. Yeah, outside probably my, my own playing. I, I think that's one of the biggest things that's that's give me uh, you know the, the biggest sort of satisfaction. Uh, we, we had a team we were a good team, but we got to the, the final against um, former social circle who, who all had. I think there must have been about four or five Lancashire players played for them, um, and, and we beat them. Um, it looked like they were going to run away with the game at one stage and all of a sudden we, we clawed it back uh, and beat them. Unfortunately, we got beat in the, the next round down in Nottingham, but, but it was a great achievement from the lads and they did, did the club proud that year. Brilliant. Um, just want to talk through the memories now. I, I, were, I were about eight and I can, I can remember coming onto the cricket club early, early, early days and seeing the pictures and I've seen them around the club as well. Just some of the players and the and the legends of Darwin Cricket Club in that 1987 team, Bill. Um, what what was the team like? Who was it made up of? Who were who really stood out for you? Yeah, it was a it, it was a it was a great season. And to be quite honest, when we went into the final weekend of the season, you know, the, the, we never thought that we would even have a chance of winning the league. Um, we, we were actually fifth. Uh, placed um, all the other games basically got rained off with the exception of ours up at Morecambe uh, we ended up in a rain affected game up there we, we needed 120 ish off, off 20 overs uh, and, and we knocked those off uh, and it catapulted us up from, from fifth place to, to joint top with Leyland uh, we then had a playoff the following weekend it got rained off again on the Saturday we played a reduced game on the Sunday. We had a substitute professional in Bernard Reedy, who was well known on the county scene at that time because our professional Suresh Keswalla had gone home. Uh, and we beat them in, in, a, in a close game at Darwin. So it was a, a fantastic effort. David Bonner and Suresh Keswalla were the, were, the, were the key bowlers in that, that, uh, that year. Uh, and, and at that time in the Northern League, you could bowl at one end all afternoon. And basically, they both did. Uh, so they, they both took wickets. Um, and yeah, it, it, you know, your Tony Russells, your Stephen Douglases were involved. Um, the, the, it, it, was a, it was a great team. Simon Payne too was involved. I, I had a good year with the bat. Uh, and, and I can remember on that Sunday evening, uh, Peter Lamster, the, the ex late chairman, sat in the sunniest pub 
with his arms around the Northern League trophy. <laughs> it was the first trophy that he'd ever, we'd ever really won as as him as chairman, uh, you know, and it was a very proud moment. Great memories. I can, I can have a similar memory when we won the title over at St Anne's, and I was I was sat in sat in a car in a car with Jim Kenyon interviewing me, sat on yeah. sat on Peter Lamster's knee in a car <laughs> in the smallest car. Uh, got sent a picture by Petra. Amazing memories. Amazing memories. Really yeah. good. What was what was the what was the difference between that that team and and the ones in previous years? And what what made you win the title that year? Um, I think we developed um, individually and as a team. When when I first started playing in the first team, probably similar to Gary, really, we were lucky if we were getting games going past five o'clock. You know, we were getting absolutely hammered. Uh, the Northern League was really strong at that time. And we were we were young and up and coming with a young side that developed over a number of years, um, but we we relied heavily on on um, David Bonner and, and Suresh, who basically bowled us to that league title uh, by taking fifty sixty wickets each, uh, and they were a fantastic bowling partnership. Great stuff. Now you you were both around uh, in the area era. Sort of ninety nine and the and the two later title winning teams, Gary. What did you what did you notice around that period about 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 the team and how it was made up? Uh, in ninety nine, it was strange because the year before we had a really poor year and we were near bottom, bottom of the league. Uh, Richard Peter came in, um, and he, he changed the way we trained. We we didn't do a lot of nets. We did a lot of fielding exercises, squares, um, and, and he, he drilled us into the ground, to be honest, and, and we went through like throwdowns later on. Um, and, and I suppose we got off to, to a, a flyer, uh, although it was a lucky first win. Um, and I think confidence just seemed to grow bit by bit. And players who had been playing the, the, the previous year Started to develop the game, the confidence came. You know, and there were a few games where we were three down for not so many, uh, but it seemed to be certain players every week were stepping in and, and leading the way. Everybody was taking responsibility at some stage, uh, and and Richard was a fantastic pro. Had some strange ways of doing things, uh, which was quite revolutionary to to all of us at the time. Um, you know, trying to to figure out what you were thinking last night, what you were thinking before you went into bat, what you could do right and wrong at the at the end of the game. You know, it was all revolutionary to us. But uh, but it yeah, because I I came back from I came back from university and it was it was a very professional sort of environment. Uh, people were talking about like you just say with with a mindset. The training was different. Everybody was more professional. You know, so it, like you say, he did revolutionise the, the club and the way that things were done. Really, if anything, it just highlights the importance of training nights down at Darwin CC. Yeah, yeah, he he he, he was. I mean, unfortunately, he only had one year with us, um, but it, it was no coincidence that over the next few years, the, the team went from strength to strength. It was like the golden era, at, you know, at that moment in time. Yeah, Gary's words are right there, golden era, and, and and it really was the catalyst. He had this can I form, C-A-N-I, continuous and never-ending improvement, and he looked through all our statistics from individually from the season before, and he basically wanted an extra 5 to 10% better performance out of everybody. Uh, and if everybody did that, collectively, we would be in a better place. Uh, and that kind of mentality went through throughout the season he was asking us where we wanted to finish in the league we had that kind of meeting prior to the season on a dark uh, spring night on the club and then he, he, he just pushed us and it was a fantastic achievement to uh, to win the league he, he hit the winning runs um, you know went down on his knees kissed the ground kissed the wicket you know, and, and that was him. He'd been with us one year and and, and transformed us. And, and as Gary said, that, and, and as you've said, that continued over the next few years, not just winning the league in 2002 and three, but also winning cup competitions and doing really well in that kind of 2020 comp. And did we celebrate Bill by flying over to uh, Magaloff? We did, on the Sunday. 
Good memories. Yeah, good memories. Uh, and that was, uh, I think we'd only booked that, Chris, if, I, if I'm right, the Wednesday or Thursday before that before that game. Flight only. Again. No accommodations Again. back in the day. That's you right. Know, yeah. free and yeah. all that. That's right. Right, I just wanted, Bill, to uh, talk you through us one highlight, a, spe- a special memory from that season. It was over at Leyland. Um, I think at the, uh, at the time, the game was going against us. Um, and some had happened that I've never seen before, never seen since. What are your recollections of uh, Peaches and Leyland away? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As I say, never, never seen it before, never, never seen it again. Um, Richard spoke to us on a number of occasions around energy. Um, and at times during the season, if we didn't have the right energy within the team uh, and within the squad and on the pitch together, um, then things would drift. And you, you're exactly right. Things were drifted in that game at Lale. And I'm not sure whether we're, we were drifting to defeat or whether we were drifting towards a draw because the Northern League at that time had win-lose-draw. Um, but he, he'd said to us uh, and he'd implanted things in our minds that uh, if we end up in this situation, I will shout the word <clears throat> towers. And I want you to then do your individually on the, on the field, press-ups, sit-ups, uh, running, sprinting, this, that, the other. And, and the game was drifting and that's what he did. He shouted towers. We all ended up looking absolute stupid. What did you do? Uh, what did you do? I, I did press up, Chris. I, were, I think I, I were, did press I were up. first or second slip. Me and Packy had to do um, a wheelbarrow there, right. there and back. <laughs> and then we were, we were both that knackered by the end of it. We actually <laughs> missed giving each other a high five. So we just did some star jumps. <laughs> How long did we do it for? Was it a minute? Oh, it seemed, it seemed a long time when you give him seemed a long time. Like tell, a wheelbarrow. I'll tell you what, what was the reaction of the umpires? People were, the opposition, the umpires, they were just looking left and looking right and like wondering <laughs> what the heck is going on. But it, it, it certainly had, certainly had an, an effect or something. It did. Yeah, it did because we started taking wickets very quickly. We went on to win the game, you know, and it's those small margins that really make the difference because that game that we won the league on the final day of the season again uh, against Netherfield and other sides have been rained off uh, and we have to get maximum points and we chased 180 off 30 overs. Gareth Cordenley played one of the best amateur innings I've seen him play. I think he smacked about 80 to all parts of the ground. Uh, and we got over the line and uh, the rest is history. One of the best amateurs, Gary, or the best amateur you've ever played with? Uh, for batting, undoubtedly, Gareth Cordingley. Just yeah. a magnificent player. And yeah, he certainly was. you have to be to actually get to county level then? I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, 10,000 10, 10, runs averaging, I think it's 31 in the league uh, at a time as well, Chris, where we probably didn't have the standard and quality of wickets that we've got today uh, at Birchall. Um, you know, an outstanding batsman. And a, and uh, a proper chap as well. And, a, and an absolutely great, great right. guy. He was a, yeah. He's the same guy, whether he got a duck or whether he got a hundred. He, he, was, he was just a lovely bloke. Most of the time, I've I've seen him. I've seen him a few times. They all, you know, a bit different than Gary, but haven't we all? Haven't we all? Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So we've given a nice little overview of of, what about of our. Do you, want, do, you want, do you want to do the bowling? I was well. What I wanted to talk about now is is really sort of, a, and we can talk about sort of the the players in that, and we can cover the bowling as well. Um, were there any? Similarities between all those teams that have been successful and that you've been a part of at, at Darwin. What was what was the main things that made them successful? Start with you, Gary. Uh, I think I think it was a togetherness. I think every team that, that that's successful has has that togetherness. It's not not very often you come across it where everyone's fighting their own their own corner. Um, they all worked hard, they all played hard, they got a, a bit of talent in the team, a lot of determination, uh, and and you also need that little bit of luck. 
you know, throughout the season. Yeah. Uh, and, and like like any team, you know, we we did get that in, in bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, that that's probably that's probably the comparison between all the teams. I can certainly remember them. You know, the 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 league titles I were involved in. Everybody trained. Everybody. Everybody obviously played, but everybody socialised together as well, you know, throughout the week. And like you say, it was a real togetherness and it was also filled with, you know, some quality players as well. Who were who were some of the standouts for you, Bill? I think we've already talked about uh, David Bonney, um, you know, from a bowling perspective. Um, absolutely, absolutely outstanding. You know, could bowl at one end um, all afternoon, Dropped the ball in the same spot. Really difficult to to get away, uh, and I think his stats, you know, say it all. He, he, he in in the first eleven, he took eight hundred and twenty wickets at seventeen. Um, he, he also took a few few hundred wickets in the in the second team as well. And his stats, I, I was having a look on the Northern League uh, website. You know, his career stats, league cricket, four to one. 1,198 wickets at 16. Yeah, great stats. Uh, and and he, scored, he scored nearly 7,500 runs with a bat as well. Yeah, and he's, uh, he's currently down in Saunders Foot Bay, isn't he? Just, just he walk, is, down walk, in South Wales. Walking along beaches, taking pictures, on, putting them on Facebook, <laughs> clogging my stream up. But like you say, yeah, <laughs> proper legend. Every, and... every winter we were training, trying to get better and better, ready for the summer. DB wouldn't wouldn't train at all during the, those winter months. First game of the season, came up to ball and just straight on a line and went. He thought that's just so annoying. <laughs> yeah, and then in the later teams, we were I think we were blessed with with Merce, the two professionals, Jeff, Gareth, Neil, and some quality bowlers. I think you know from memory, it was always we were always on the front foot. We always had teams two or three wickets down. Because of our opening bowlers, and then say Semor and Jeff, Neil and Gareth, they'd come in and do a job. They were they had things up their sleeves as well. I can remember Jeff bowling leg spin now and then. I can remember Semor bowling yeah. off spin. We we just had a, a bowling attack that could could do the job on whatever deck. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic team, was that? And you're right. Probably the only thing we were missing at that time was was a quality spin bowler. But but you're right, they, you know, Jeff and, and Semo could turn the hand to it if needed. And and when they did, you know, I mean Jeff used to spin a ball big. Um but yeah, br- just a brilliant team. And do you know what that what stands out from those teams that they could, we could do it nasty as well. We could we were we were nice off the field most of the time, but you know, when it when it really got to it we, we could be nasty and we had a few characters who uh, who could do it especially and everybody stood up for for one another, Bill? Yeah, no, you're right. Um, you know, there's, you, you've mentioned a high number of qualities that are needed in a side and when to put the foot on the gas. And people like Keith Semple were, were, was fantastic for the club. He, he played for us as professional and then stayed over in the country and played for us as an amateur. And his innings... Uh, I'll always remember in the defeat we had in the Lancashire Cup final at Old Trafford, um, but his his hundred there against Bootle was uh, was breathtaking to be honest, uh, and, and you know such a nice guy as well, fit into the club absolutely perfectly, um, you know, and 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 is a, a a legend of 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 our club, um, on the professional and amateur. Yeah, front. true legend. And I've uh, been speaking with Semo in the, the past week or two and he's, he's coming on a future podcast as well. So Excellent. I, I, would, I would say he's the best pro I've, I've ever played at the Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's certainly up there, I think. Bill, you also played with Scott Uckey as well, didn't you? He's, he's up there with pros. <laughs> wow, yeah. Scott um, played... Played two seasons for us, not consecutive. Played one season, then missed the season and then came back. Uh, in the Northern League then, we only played 22 league games. And we always had a few of those rained off for whatever reason. Darwin always ended up suffering more, I think, than the foul course teams. Uh, but Scott scored over a 1,000 runs on both occasions and hit the ball absolute miles. 
uh, and wasn't frightened to hit the ball out the ground first ball of the game. A, a, a magical eye. Uh, always thought he was a better bowler than what he. <laughs> he thought he was a better bowler than than what he was. Uh, but certainly from a batting perspective, um, absolutely outstanding. I can recall at Kendall uh, when we played a league game up there. He he hit the ball um, towards the bottom end of the ground, which is an absolute mile away, to be honest. And, and it was it, it, there's a roof uh, there, and he's the only person I've ever seen to hit it over that roof. Is this is this one of these like, stories that DCC that you know you, you don't quite believe? Well, it, 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 I went I went back up there many times, Chris. Afterwards, and you know you you think they've they've moved the square. It's that far away, you know, and he couldn't have hit it that. How far. many? Uh, but he did it. Get... Off and off off spinner as yeah. well. He never moved from his crease. That was at the other end. You know, just floor the bat, bang. Gary, yeah. how, how many hits would it take you to hit it on there at Kendall? A wood, three irons and a putty. <laughs> <laughs> right, really quick, really having, quickly, I, having said, on, having said that, Louie, having said that, just to just finish, Gary has it sixes on Kendall. Is it Eldin Baptiste twice? Well, it's funny you should drop a name there because that's where we were going to go next, actually. So we've led, you've led me. All right, apologies. No, you've led, you've, you've led us <laughs> nicely into it. Um going to let you name drop a few people now um, but I just want names and I want Gary I want your three biggest name drops of your career no explanation maybe a little bit of explanation but three of your biggest name drops Gary go what, who, who I played against played with played against uh, Malcolm Marshall must be the, the biggest one uh, Franklin Stevenson uh, Rowan Canna for my first first professional wicket in the uh, in the first game. Fantastic! You just had to get that in there, didn't you? Nice, get nice work, Gary. <laughs> uh, Bill Ainsley, <laughs> all all West Indian, yeah. uh, played in the same team as Sir Viv Richards. Open batting against Joel Garner and Malcolm Marshall. Not bad names. Not bad names. It must have been a magical time to be in local cricket when the type of names like that were uh, in the game. Yeah, absolutely. World, fam- world famous professionals in the Northern League, as they were in the Lancashire League. Um, uh, and we were blessed. You know, there wasn't the World 2020s or the IPL or this, that and the other. And, and there was opportunities for these uh, world-class players, uh, either at their end of their career or, or some making their way in their career to come and play uh, recreational cricket in Lancashire. Uh, yeah, magical time. Brilliant. Now, uh, like we said at the start, you've you've both had fantastic playing careers, and you've you've moved you've moved into different roles and many roles and really important roles. Um, just wanted to sort of reflect on. Gary, your current role as director of cricket, and uh, and Bill, uh, just reflections on you as uh, chair of or ex chair of Darwin uh, Cricket Club. But we'll start with Gary. Um, what's what's your 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 current reflections of director of cricket? Um, you know, sort of at the minute uh, with regards to the pro situation, and what what are the plans moving forward if we do get some cricket? Uh, yeah, regarding the pro, that's, that's one of the, the the big areas that we're involved with over the winter months, uh, especially this year when we've had all sorts of trouble getting pros over. And it's like you said about what quality of, of player you can get these days. You can't get the, the players coming over. Uh, there's so many people who are on A tours and uh, emerging tours, spin tours. Um, it, it, there's all sorts of reasons why they can't come over. Some can't make it till late. Some can go back early. But it is it is a big one trying to get the pro over. Uh, yeah. Part of one of the, the big things in, in my role. Um, the other is to get making sure all the winter nets are all booked for the the juniors, the seniors, and that. So that's out of the season. During the season, just involved with selection. Not as as bad as it used to be in times gone by because the captains now got friends, Greg Longton, Craig Hall, Simon. They, they're more involved now in picking the side. Where once upon a time it was more or less they picked it, and it was just left to me to do all the all the groundwork. But, but now with the social media and everything else, 
uh, it's, it's made a lot easier. Yeah, and if if we look back at the uh, if we look back at the successful teams in in the areas that we spoke about, what what do you what do you think those what do you think we can learn from those teams and and apply in the in the modern days two thousand and twenty forwards? I think it, I think it's a, a different way of playing these days uh, from from the nineteen eighty seven even nineteen ninety nine. How cricket played now is totally different than it was ten years ago. Uh, you know. The, the, Shot selection has changed so much. Uh, how, how people go about the game, uh, but the, the big thing that never change is, is just working hard, coming down to training. You never get that opportunity to have that night again. So when you get down there, make sure you make it worth the while that you go down. If there's something you wanna, you want to to work at, make sure there's somebody available who can work with you. You know, so hard work. You know, you, 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 you. hard work and something along the lines of the environment that was created with with Petrie and and Semo and the teamwork and the ethic of everybody together. It, it is. I think, I've, yeah. I, I think we can learn from that definitely. Uh, Bill, Mister Chairman, it does sound Mister X Chairman. It sounds very strange that and when I first bump into uh, <laughs> Mrs Chairman or Mrs X Chairman, that will be uh, a very surreal moment for me. Um, Firstly, it's just obviously a massive honour to, to follow in your footsteps uh, and to carry on uh, the amazing work and foundations and, and solid stuff that you, you laid. What, what do you look back as your most proud moments as chair of Dawn CC? Um, I think there's been, you know, there's been a, number of, um, a number of things that... You know, when, when I took over as chair, obviously Peter Lamsford had passed suddenly. Matthew Grant took over then for a period of probably of about 18 months um, before I took over from him. Um, at that time, we had we put an extension on, on the clubhouse, if you remember, where we'd uh, put the bottom bar in, um, looking to um, improve facilities for functions, etc. We'd, we'd taken a, a brewery loan from Thwaites um, of, of £28,000 to do that work. And it was a key part of the thing of how to pay that back. We were doing it by a barrelage uh, and not getting very far with it. So we, we did a, a centenary loan in 2011, which was the uh, celebrating the club centenary. So we went to the membership. We raised 28000 or, or £30,000 from the membership. Uh, we paid off the brewery loan. That gave us the option to be a free house to buy alcohol and then we paid the members back over five years so that was good to get that away we've increased bits of money in the over the over the time as well with the Vodafone mass and uh, we've talked about the improvements that we've made on the square and the outfield and um, with investment you helped us uh, get grants on, on roll-on covers improving the pavilion that we've got including uh, female changing. We've we've got an electronic scoreboard. We've got some new nets at the top, which again you were involved in as well. Uh, small things like the till system, membership cards, credit and debit payments, bringing us into the 21st century. I think we've got good links with the town council. We we've got a really good annual bonfire, which raises us quite a bit of money. But the big one for me, Chris, was um, getting into the Lancashire League uh, during the time of of. Uh, of my role as chairman, we, we'd written a couple of letters to the Langshire League and um, saying that if there was an opportunity for us to join in the future, um, would would we be considered? It wasn't an application to join; it was it was just showing interest that we were we were keen to. Uh, then the the league structure started changing. We got the opportunity to join, and I think that was a real turning point for me. It energised the club. It brought back players that who weren't playing, that were struggling doing the trips to Barrow and Penrith as, as we were expected to do in the Northern League. And I think that first full season in the Lancashire League was was a catalyst for us. The first team were runners-up in the league. They won the Worsley Cup and got to 2020 finals day uh, that we hosted. And the second team did the League and Cup double. Uh, and, and that was the catalyst. And we talk about golden eras from... 1999 to 2003 but I think we're in that golden era now you know where we've, we've 
we've done really well in the Lancashire League in, in, in the last three years and we've had a fantastic run in the Lancashire Cup in the last two years, winning it once and being runners-up. Uh, and we've got ourselves now probably a, not just in the Lancashire League but also on the county circuit as well. Uh that were well respected. So, yeah, it, it, you know, obviously those are all highlights. There's lots of other highlights as well, including the junior structures and and this, that, and the other. Um, but yeah, you know, we've we've uh, it was an enjoyable time being chairman. Um, it was hard work, and I probably did it longer than I really intended to when I started off. Eleven years is a long time, uh, but I'm just pleased that I, I was there at the time that we left the Northern League and I've had great memories of that. You know, Gary has as well. Um, you know, great memories from that. But, you know, our place is in the Lancashire League. We play our junior cricket in that environment and I just hope that we go, you know, and continue that success uh, on and off the field as as the club moves forward. Well said, Bill. Well said. And, uh, yeah, you're right. The Lancashire League gives give the whole club from top to bottom a, a massive boost, hasn't it? Right. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, before we uh, just go on to some of the questions that uh, the players and members have sent in, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, Gary, we're next for, for Darwin Cricket Club, and don't say a new chairman. Uh, well, hopefully, just to carry on uh, with the success that we, we've been having. Um, if we can ca- keep the, the same set of players together, there's no reason why we can't keep winning trophies. Uh, they're a good set of lads. They're still young enough. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's where I'd, I'd like to see us go. The junior setup, of an excellent junior setup. Hopefully, that'll uh, bear fruit in in year, you know in the next few years, and we can see some of those moving into senior cricket, which we are doing now. And they'll move along the line from third to second, hopefully to first team. Uh, and the uh, the winning ways continue. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Bill? Really quickly. Yeah, just um, you know, I, I will do what I can, um, uh, and you know, the club is in my blood. Uh, I've been down there for nearly fifty years, um, and you know, I'll, I will potter around, do what I can, and contribute in whatever positive way. Uh, I'll have input in, into the future. So, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Right. We've got some, uh, we've got some questions in um, from our avid uh, listeners and players and members. There's a variety of uh, professional and social questions. We've got four to fire at you. Um, a few have been edited, um, you know, and they can probably ask themselves if there's any missing, they can catch up with you if and when we, if and when we get down to the club. Um, so, first one uh, for for Gary, or for both of you, really. Can, What's can we your ask most? Who is it from? Uh, no, no, we'll keep that. It's just a general <laughs> message. All right. um, they're, they're quite nice. They're quite nice. Um, What's your most defining moment, Gary? Def- defining moment? What in, in as a cricketer at DCC or anything you've been involved in? What? What would define you as as a person down at DCC? Um, I, I think as a as a, a player, um, I was I was never the most gifted of players like I gathered accordingly, um, but I was a player who knew my own game. Uh, I knew how to score runs, where to score runs, uh, and I played to my own strengths. Uh, do I wish I could have been a more aggressive player? Yes, definitely. As probably most of the fans do as well. Uh, but but I got the best out of what I had. You certainly did. I can remember you hitting that Stephen John onto them hills at Chorley. <laughs> well played, sir. What about you, Bill? Most defining moment, cricket, church, uh, whatever, down at DCC? I think I think I'll go back to my childhood, Chris. To be honest. Um, being brought up on Monton Road, so close to the cricket ground, and spending most of my summer uh, down there, it whetted my appetite for the game. Uh, and I suppose the rest just fell into place. Um, you know, it, it, it's a place I've always felt comfortable, uh, and it's always somewhere that I would define as my second home. Um, and, and one thing has led to another, whether it's through junior cricket into senior cricket, 
you know, into administrative roles, into chair of the club. Um, you know, so I think living so close, spending so much time there, having affinity for the club, um, you know, is 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 really my most defining moment. You know, it gave me the chance to do that. Brilliant. Right, and you've got 20 seconds to talk us through the following stories, Gary. Right? 20 seconds only before I cut you off. Okay. Talk us through what you were doing in black briefs at Blackpool. Go. Uh, night out after the game at Blackpool. I got locked out of the room. I was sharing a room with Andrew Mercer. He was down at the bar. I'd gone to bed a little bit earlier, got locked out. Key Central was the only only guy that was uh, in bed at the same time. Tried to knock, Ten seconds. Tried to knock on, went into his room, and he uh, in the black briefs only, and he was a little bit surprised <laughs> that I'd <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> right, Bill. Right eyes look back at me. What you Brilliant. Doing, Bill, 20 seconds only. Talk us through what happened with Simon Painter at Netherfield in the first ball. Played Morecambe away on the Saturday in the league. In the league. Uh, stayed overnight in Morecambe. Went out for a few beers. Simon got drunk. Uh, got uh, nearly assaulted with a guy from a knife. Uh, he vomited the following morning. We headed up to Netherfield for a cup game. We lost the toss, got put in. Simon faced the, faced the first ball. Uh, he, he left it, shouldered arms, clean bowled him. Uh, he complained to the umpire that he wasn't Brilliant. There. Gary, have you ever been carried off the field in a mobility scooter? No, I haven't. Uh, I was 57 not out at the time against St. Sam's. My knee gave away completely. Two of my teammates uh, run on to carry me off if I couldn't move. And an old man, he must have been about 80, drove onto the pitch, offered me a stick, then offered me a scooter, cook it on the balcony. It was absolutely insane. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Bill, talk us through what happened at Roach Bridge, Fleetwood. Fleetwood away. Um, their professional was a really fast opening bowler called Mark Whitney, who later got called up for the Aussies. We took our helmets uh, on the pretext that this guy was really quick because it was in an era where we didn't really wear helmets. Anyway, we'd all had a beer or two. We'd survived the game. We were all dri- Gary was driving back. We came back down the M6, took over towards Salmsbury. We said, come on, Gary, go Roach Bridge way. So Gary went Roach Bridge. He says, I've never been this way before. Drove round the corner, it's a bridge. <laughs> right mess. Wing of the car, wing of the car a, real, a real mess. Captain Graham Parkinson said, I'll knock it out for the tenner next week. And I think, Gary, you'd have, you'd have parked it at Crown Paints either within a week or a fortnight, and it got bitten off by a, a lorry, didn't it? <laughs> it was 200 quid it cost me. And two weeks later, it was written off by a metal box wagon. <laughs> uh, Gary, give us 20 seconds of your recollection of the clash at Settle of Heads. Uh, John Cordenley and Stuart Grant. Can't remember who hit the ball or how many they were running, but I, I can just remember them both turning blind and meeting in the middle of the, of the wicket. Both banged heads, both on the floor. John got run out on his way back. We were all having a bit of a giggle. I know it was it was a bit serious, really, but we were having a bit of a giggle. We thought, well, we better be, be quiet as he, as he approaches the pavilion. Everybody was quiet except Orsi, who said, "You not see that man there." <laughs> it was Brilliant. That was a very funny moment. Right, slight slight subtle change. Um, what's and this is for Bill. What's your motivation for? staying involved in a game of cricket after you finish playing? What's my motivation? Um, the love of the club, to be honest. Um, you, you know, it, it, it's it's in my blood. Um, I, I love spending time down there. Um, you know, and, and this season when we played um, Blackpool in the Lancashire knockout at home, um, we... It was the day that England won the World Cup and we had absolutely fantastic scenes on the club when when we won in the Super Over and this, that and the other. And, and we played Blackpool. I was walking around the ground and I bumped into one of Blackpool's former players, David Hyam. 
used to be a professional in the Northern League as well. I know him well. Gary and I went on a tour to Barbados with him in, in the 80s. Uh, and he hadn't been on Darwin for years. Uh, and he said to me, uh, and, and I can remember it now, he said, well, my word, before and after, he said, just look at this place. He said everybody dreaded coming to Darwin because it was so miserable, so horrible. The wicket was wet, it was green, it was this, that and the other. And he said, just look at it now. You know, it was a glorious summer's day. It was a fantastic day because we kept world champions. It was a great day because we batted Blackpool as well. Um, but, you know, those words just ring in my ears that, you know, we must have done something right over the years to, to get to where we, where we did. Uh, and where we definitely, are. Definitely, Bill. Well done, sir, for a massive part in that. Gary, what about you? What, uh, after you finished playing, involved in all the, the committees and stuff, what, what's your motivation been? Yeah, it's, like, like Graham, it's been in my blood for, for 47 years. Um, we playing juniors right through. I've been a, a one club man. Um, I'll be I'll be watching uh, my sons play even when I'm not involved in the side. Uh, I'll, I'll still be going watching my sons play, providing they're still playing. If not, I'll I'll still be watching uh, first of the seconds, third, whatever. Because um, I, I love it, like Graham said. It, it, you know, we're missing it now, uh, and it makes you realise how much you do miss it when things like this are happening. Certainly does. Certainly does. Um, have you have you seen a, ch- uh, a change in the culture of the club over the years? Is that to me? Uh, well, we'll go with Bill. We'll go with Bill first. Yeah, I think you know pe- people change cultures, um, and and you know things will have changed over the years. You know, we've been going a hundred years. Uh, apparently there was a, a tennis court at the top, you know, and it was a cricket and tennis club. You know, we've now moved to a, a, a cricket club with a lot more junior teams, got ladies teams. Um, the club itself is a business now. Um, you know, money is critical. Income is critical. Reducing expenditure is critical. And, you know, we've, we've put ourselves in the bat league over the last two or three years. Um, so yeah, think things continue continue to change, um, and, and and I think you know um, we're we're a close knit club, and, and that's always been the case. Um, but yeah, the cultures cultures change big time uh, as as society changes. And yep. just one question from our our players, just to finish us with, uh, Gary. Can you talk us through your immediate emotions after you've been given out by Matt Cromwell, who was a substitute umpire? <laughs> well, anybody, anybody knows me, knows I'm not uh, a guy who shows his emotions on a, on a, on a cricket field that, that much. Uh, but this particular game, um, I think I must have been past the wicketkeeper, not even thinking that when the shout goes up, for a claim that anything will be given and when they were all shouting well done and I looked at Matt Crompton I just couldn't believe my heart finger up and <laughs> what, what, what was the reason for that he said well you haven't grounded your back but I was, <laughs> I was almost past the wicket keeper <laughs> yeah. and, and wrongly so he's only a young lad uh, and I apologise to him uh, later that day uh, but no, probably the most annoyed I'd ever been on a cricket thing. Brilliant. Uh, right, so any other questions that we've not read, players and members, they've been uh, censored, so you can catch up with, uh, with Bill and Gary at a later date for those. Right, I've got three very quick questions just to finish us off. Uh, Bill, what would you tell yourself as a 16-year-old cricketer at DCC if you could go back in time? I would tell myself to continue to enjoy it. I would tell myself to try to improve all the time. Um, and for me, you know, that kind of 16-year-old uh, uh, junior cricketer or whether it's moving into senior cricket, you know, it's an ideal opportunity on team ethos, you know, on working together because that kind of teamwork is there for, for life, irrespective of whether you're in... Uh, amateur sport, or whether you're in a work oh, environment. Gary, yeah, just just work work hard at, at, at your game. 
and enjoy every moment. You know, me and Graham now are, are past the, the stages where where we can play. Um, hey, <laughs> I, hey, speak for yourself, come back, Gary. Come back. Well, I'd love to. We're like a football <laughs> game these days, I'm not sure, but uh, time goes so quick, um, and I wish I had some of those days back again. So work hard, enjoy every moment. It's not too late to get them Sunday call on or Bill get that get that piston pumping for a quick two. <laughs> right. Uh, penultimate question, chaps. What three behaviours, stroke qualities, should every cricketer at Darwin CC have and portray when they'll put that cap on with the tower on? What three behaviours, Bill? Oh, Gary first. He's passing the book again. Oh yeah, Gary first. He always takes the the uh, the first ball. What do you want from your players, Gary? From top to bottom, from first team to our all-stars under nines. I want a determination to to win. Uh, I want an honesty about their own performance. Um, and I and I just I just want them to to be a togetherness about about the the whole team. I want a, I want a, like a family team, if you will, you know, something you're going to be proud of uh, of being a part of. Brilliant. And what about you, Bill? Sorry, Gary. Yeah, similar to the last question, really, Chris. Team ethos, desire to improve, uh, and most importantly, enjoyment. uh, And the beer always tastes better uh, after a victory. Now, it's it's been an absolute privilege just to chat cricket, because we don't often get... Uh, about 59 minutes 33 seconds to to chat proper cricket and proper thoughts and feelings about about DCC um just want to finish and and hopefully hopefully you're both not not going anywhere anywhere soon but in terms of your legacy um like I said I hope you don't go anywhere soon but how do you want to be remembered for for your roles at Darwin Cricket Club uh we'll go We'll go with Bill for this one because he stitched Gary up on the last question. What's your what's your what's your legacy, Bill? <laughs> My legacy. Uh, I, I, I'm thrilled to be awarded the life membership. Uh, that was a real honour uh, at the last AGM, and and something I will take with me. Uh, you know that's brilliant. Uh, I, I I don't think I've I, I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm, get, I'm like the first question of the day, Louis. I don't think I can answer this. To be honest, I prefer others to determine it, and and not me. Um, you know, all I've done, irrespective of whether I've played, uh, whether I've done the administrative roles, or whether I've been chair of the club, all I've tried to do is is my best. Um, and you know, on occasions that will have been good enough, and on other occasions it won't have been. You know, we are amateur uh, and volunteers. You know, amateur cricketers and, and volunteers in these roles, um, you know, and, and whatever I've done, um, I, I just hope that uh, you know it's been for the good of the. Well, I can certainly say, Bill, that your you stats will stack up, but you've also laid some great foundations for the for the club to prosper. What about you, Gary? Yeah, same as Graham. Really, I, you know, just just uh, hope people can can look back and think, well, whatever he did, he, he did the best he could. You know, I, I knew. I knew my own limitations, like I said, at, at cricket, and I, I tried to, to play within them. Uh, but it was always the best I could. You know, I practised hard, I played hard, um, and I hope people, looking back at it, um, take that into account, really, yeah. And you look brilliant in fancy dress as well, Gary. Fancy dress? My fancy dress? Just just over the years, like my stag do, you know, you, you've you've been in some great fancy dress outfits over the years. Not that that is, I'm not taking away from your legacy at Dawn Cricket Club, but I've got some great memories of you in fancy dress over the years. Yeah. <laughs> right, chaps, it's been uh, like I said right at the start. It's been an honour and privilege to to get into the minds of you two and talk about cricket and relive special times that we've 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 all been a part of over the years. Thank you so much for uh, taking your time out to, to talk to us. I know for certain this podcast will be will be popular across the generations. So a massive a massive thank you for me, and uh, I'm sure everybody will enjoy it. Like I say, thanks. Thank you very much, chaps. Look forward to everybody real soon. No, thank. Yep, thanks very much, everyone, and uh, thanks, lads.
Well, what a memorable listen that was, and uh, certainly a lot we can take from uh, those two legends of DCC. A massive thank you to them, to them both. Like I said, great memories, insights into what it makes DCC such a special place. Also, just a big thank you to the, the DCC community uh, who are really showing the special spirit of DCC, right from the hard work of the executive committee to players donating subs, members and ex-players donating to us, players doing fitness, quiz and social challenges, right down to our junior towers sending the training videos in. It's just highlighting again how special Darwin Cricket Club really is. We will be in touch when we know more about any cricket and subsequent actions, especially membership, etc. But thank you for listening and take care. Bye-bye.